Hello and welcome to this week's Reorg Europe podcast. My name is Sean Qureshi and I'm a legal analyst in Reorg's Europe office. This week I will be joined by financial analysts Ben Kovachka and Karolina Hinonen. We will be discussing the situation with spandex fibre company Lycra and also Atlantia and its subsidiary Aspi, which has, been, which has held the concession to run toll roads in Italy, including operating the stretch of road containing the Morandi Bridge, which collapsed in 2018. Ben, can you give us a background of the Lycra situation? Sure, thanks, Sean. So Lycra is a spandex fibre company producing the fibre used in textiles. It was originally a part of DuPont, and subsequently it was sold to Cook Industries in April 2004. In January last year, uh, it was uh, then acquired by Shannon Rui, which as a result of the deal owns 53.4% of the company, with Coke Industries retaining a 22.2% stake, and Itochu um, owning 15.5% stake, and other minority interests owning the, the rest. We don't really see Coke Industries retaining a stake in a company as a positive sign, though. Um, the company is likely no longer as committed to the investments after the sale, and we understand that there were many years um, of, of their ownership um, uh, of, of, of Lycra, uh, during which um, you know, a lot of cash was extracted from the cash generative company. And um, failure to get out fully could have uh, very well been uh, a result of a compromise to get the sale done uh, at a peak EBITDA and a high 11x uh, multiple, although you know, this is our speculation. There are quite a few interesting points regarding the acquisition though. So the bonds were marketed in April of 2018, but the acquisition did not close until the end of January 2019 um, with adjusted structure of the deal. As a part of the acquisition, 540 million of additional acquisition debt uh, in Hong Kong was used uh, and it is split between 400 million of senior mezzanine debt and 140 million junior mezzanine debt. And there is also a 53.1 million dollar outstanding under 78 million dollar promissory note, which was issued to satisfy working capital closing adjustments. And uh, it is one of the near-term triggers uh, for the company now. So since the acquisition closed, uh, the group's EBITDA has plummeted as a result of volume and price falls. Um, the protracted acquisition uh, process took a toll on the volumes, along with oversupply at the generic spandex market and hesitancy among customers amid the China-US trade war. Uh, pricing has uh, been affected by FX, as the company sells about 80% outside of the US, but it has um, also declined on XFX basis, which is worrying. Uh, this has been partially offset by lower variable costs, uh, driven by falling prices of PT, MAG and MDI. So as a result, EBITDA has fallen from the peak of uh, $229 million in 2017, as marketed in the OM, to $135.1 million as of the last 12 months. And uh, we project this to fall further. Um, so we project the company may run out of liquidity this year on the amortization of promissory note. So uh, the maturity of the note has been extended before, and there is a chance that this will happen again. Uh, but given the deteriorating operating performance, Coke uh, Industries uh, could very well try to take money out of the company through that avenue, and we expect tough negotiations. As a result, despite being at the bottom of Lycra's capital structure, uh, the promissory note is uh, temporarily senior to everything else at this point, especially with the company having uh, a few baskets available to raise debt at non-guarantor entities or potentially transfer assets to unrestricted subsidiaries. Thanks, Ben. How about the uh, 
the general uh, like uh, the spandex market could you dive into the uh, market dynamics for us sure so uh like price positioned as the premium spandex producer with average selling prices above uh, nine dollars per kilo compared to, uh, to the generic market price of about uh, 3.7 a kilo now price uh declines in the generic market have been steeper as the competition is intense there. But some of the larger players, such as Hyosung or Asahi Kase, have product ranges similar to those of Lycra, with a little difference in quality, we understand. Um, Lycra faces competition also from the chemical companies themselves, such as DuPont or BASF. And relationships with the, these guys uh, can improve uh, the quality of some of the lesser-known players, such as Huafon, on the production side. On the cost side, without going um, into the details too much, uh, Lycra operates a much more uh, demanding cost structure, which results in some of the players that price closer to generics, like Huafon, posting margins comparable to that or higher than Lycra, which is very interesting. Okay, so what are some of the positives that we should keep in mind? So uh, Lycra is looking to take out between uh, $18 million to $24 million of costs uh, in the near term, of which $16 million is due to be realized in 2020. Um, this is split between headcount reductions and procurement and sourcing cost reductions, as well as a restructuring on, on at one of the group's facilities. However, this should be taken in the context of pricing headwinds, to which Lycra is very sensitive. In terms of pricing, the generics market remained depressed in the fourth quarter, and uh, we expect Lycra's uh, 2019 pricing trend to continue into the future. That said, inventories have been falling um, of, the, of the generic spandex, um, so there could be some support and potential reversal in sight, at least at the generic level. That said, given Lycra's high price point and increasing competition, its pricing can very well continue trending down even if the generic market seems sees some improvement. Another potentially um, potential positive is any benefit from cooperation uh, with Rui, uh, but we consider it unlikely in our base case given Rui's own troubles. In the OM, the company said that there is a potential to lease a 60 kiloton facility and produce Alaspen and some of the lower-priced Lycra products there. Now, assuming that the cost structure of such a you know newer facility is closer to that of the competitors that we looked at, there is some potential EBITDA uplift from, from such a development. However, once again, the facility um, and, and in the future of any such arrangement is very much unknown at this point. Okay, so um, is there anything else to keep in mind? Well, one thing we did not yet mention is uh, there is an enforcement, uh, is that, you know, if an enforcement uh, under the mezzanine facility in Hong Kong were to happen, a change of control at the OPCO bonds uh, at, at Lycra level, you know, would be triggered. However, mezzanine loan enforcement threshold is very high at 75%, which would require a cohesive group. And, and to be honest, um, you know, if, if, if an enforcement were to happen, I mean, incentives to do so, I, I, I would question that. Thanks, Ben. Carolina, what's the latest on the situation facing Atlantia and its subsidiary, Aspie? Well, since the collapse of the Morandi Bridge in August 2018, the political pressure to address the fate of the concession contract between Aspie and the Italian Ministry of Transport has intensified. In December, the parliament approved a law decree that retroactively changes terms of the concession contract while significantly reducing a potential termination payment. The termination payment that can be expected now is estimated at 6 to 9 billion from more than 20 billion as estimated before. But timely receipt of any termination payment is uncertain and if the concessionaire is found to have severe negligence with regard to maintenance of the asset, the termination payment could be reduced or avoided, leading to a lengthy litigation process. 
However, any decision on the actual revocation of the concession is yet to be made and is expected in the coming weeks. Okay, so what would the uh, termination of the concession mean for both the ASPI and Atlantia bondholders? Well, ASPI has about 7.5 billion bond debt, which includes a mandatory redemption put option triggered by a termination of the concession contract. What's interesting is that the original concession contract outlines that a termination is effective upon receipt of payment of the, to the concessionaire, but this language was amended in the new decree, now explicitly saying that the effectiveness is not dependent on receipt of payment. So, if the concession is terminated, the 7.5 billion becomes payable whether or not ASPI re- receives any compensation. Approximately half of the amount benefits from a guarantee by Atlantia, the parent, positioning the creditors differently in the event of termination. Separate to this, um, ASPI also has around 2.1 billion in facilities from the European Investment Bank and CDP, the Italian state lender, ranking equally with the bonds, which have a requirement for an investment grade rating. The group has now lost this from all three major agencies, meaning these facilities may be accelerated as well at any point in time. Both the ASPI and Atlantia bonds include terms that dictate that if a if a material subsidiary such as ASPI is unable to carry on its business, a change of business um, could have taken place and an event of default declared, which would accelerate debt at the parent level as well. Uh, virtually all of ASPI's earnings are derived from the concession contract, so there is little value in the business once the contract is taken away. ASPI itself has quite limited liquidity to address the repayment of its bond with just some 800 million in cash, so support from Atlantia will be needed. Okay, so what can what can Atlantia do to address this cash situation? Well, there are quite few limitations on Atlantia to move funds around in its structure and to funnel liquidity to support ASPI. The parent itself has a 3.25 billion revolving facility, and we've heard that on uh, 2 billion were drawn under it, and then some 580 million in cash that is immediately available. Other subsidiaries in the structure hold a further 1.6 billion in cash that we understand is readily available for the parent. Additionally, the the group has a valuable portfolio of infrastructure assets being a holdco, and it can attempt to sell uh, some of its key assets to generate additional liquidity. Some disposals that have been mentioned are a stake in Aeroporto di Roma, which uh, the uh, Atlantia Group currently holds uh, more than 99% in, or sale of Telepass, which is a uh, tolling systems company. But the future shape of Atlantia Group would be uncertain if it ends up losing and disposing of core assets. Okay, interesting. So how is ASPI responding to all of this pressure? Well, uh, this week, the group announced a new business plan and it pledges a 40% increase in maintenance capex with a total of 7.5 billion euros invested before uh, 2023. The plan is an indirect response to the government's claims for more investments in the infrastructure. On the other hand, the government has also requested a reduction of tariffs at the toll gate, according to several press reports. That's all for this week's Europe podcast. We will be back in two weeks' time.